Welcome to the Grand Prix Dynamics podcast where, uh, yeah, it's been a while. We've got someone new with us today as well. So we've got me and Cam as usual. And we've got uh, our third co-host now. Aiton, how are you, Aiton? Uh, yeah, I'm good. Uh, it's been, uh, this is the first time me doing it like a podcast kind of thingy. I do like talking, not too much, but I think I'll get the hang of this. So thank you for inviting me. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, like me and Cam in it have been talking about doing one for a while. And yeah, how are you, Cam, as well? I'm good. Uh, not really a busy week news-wise. Uh, so, but we still got some stuff to cover. So yeah, it'll be good. Uh, yeah, it's been a been a bit of a weird few weeks, especially since Australia. Like, I don't know about you two, but I've had like no motivation and it's been my birthday and things as well and <laughs> easter's kind of just put me out of it but yeah um we haven't talked since like before the australian grand prix i can't even remember what we talked about before then um so yeah let's just get right into it and we're just going to digest some news so probably the biggest story from this week in the what's got motorsport community in general was uh, the death of Craig Breen who sadly died in a pre-event test at um in Croatia before next week's uh, rally Croatia um yeah that it very much sucked on Thursday um like I was just sat with like so I had I think Ma was texting me and she was like, Oh yeah, Craig Brain's been reported to have died. And I was like, There's nowhere. And it was that horrible thing of constantly just sat on Twitter or whatever, like refreshing on the searches and things, just constantly trying to find out what's happened. And yeah, sadly, Hyundai Motorsport did confirm that he did pass away. And oh, that was just horrible. I was I was sat in like I was actually sat and the car next to my mom and she's like I was genuinely probably about to cry but never did thankfully uh, not thankfully but like I didn't want to cry in front of my mom over someone I wasn't really too dying but yeah um, I was a big Craig Breen fan and I had so much like high hopes for him from uh, Sweden just because he genuinely looked fast he looked like he was back on it Um, and it looked like he had a lot more pace than he did in previous years in WRC, and could he probably could have even won it if Hyundai was didn't tell him to take like penalties on the final day and things. Which, looking back, it's like oh, that should have been a win, but it is what it is, and unfortunately, we're just never going to get to see his true potential in WRC. I don't. Do you two ever watch WRC? Or keep up to date with it. Not really. Uh, I have seen like a couple of rallies, but it's it's not enough for me to to comment on on anything that's going on. I do know like, that they changed the new regs and stuff, but yeah, yeah. So they changed it like the new regs and things to like hybrid last year, and same with like the cars and aero and everything as well. Yeah, and yeah, um. There's been no confirmation how he died just yet. Um, all we know is that he hit a post in um a section of a st- on a test stage, and stopped on the side of the road. Thankfully, his co-driver was completely fine, but unfortunately, Craig did die. And um, 
Yeah, that's all we know, really. Um, the FIA and Hyundai have both said that they're going to do an investigation to the crash and see what happened as well, because these WRC cars are built with a new safety cell, so that they're a lot stronger than they were originally. And from crashes from last year, there was quite a few big ones, and it does show that the cars have gotten a lot safer, but at the same time, it just proves that anything can happen in motorsport, and it is still dangerous, even when... It is just a pre-event test, and although you might not be pushing, things still happen. People get hurt, and sometimes, sadly, it doesn't go the way it goes. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's yeah. it's a very difficult topic. Also, with I think this week, um, there was a either it was in a Spanish rally, I think, that another um, rally driver passed away, but. Uh, yeah, yesterday there was a, spa- a rally in Spain as well, and there was a crash, I think it was a Citroen C3 that I saw a picture of in like a ditch in a tree, mm. and sadly both that driver and the core driver died in that crash, which, yeah, it's not been a good week for the rallying community, but the motorsport community in general, and Thursday proved as well that the motorsport community is close, like F1 teams, Formula E, I think WEC as well. I don't know. I yeah. didn't really see any tweets from WEC, but like there was a ton of like tributes and like messages sent to Craig's family in Hyundai and things about what had happened. And it just shows that like num like in some way or another, like everything's connected and and like motorsport in general. And it is just one big huge family at the end of the day. And probably like a lot of engineers know each other from different teams and things as well. So they'll just be sending support to them as well. So yeah. Um actually I've just remembered that. So Hyundai's team principal, Cyril Abitable, who was Renault's team principal. So there's the connection to F1 there. And Cyril was the one that made the decision for Craig to take the penalties in Sweden as well. So yeah. Um obviously it's gonna be interesting to see what like what happens in the future for safety and going into Croatia's rally next week, there's gonna be a lot of tributes and things said and it's gonna probably be a very emotional weekend. Probably a bit like what F1's been in the past with drivers dying unexpectedly and in crashes and things. And especially like every single message that you see from like the rally drivers from WRC and things as well, it's just like it showed a lot of them were close for Craig and every single one of them loved him as a person and his character. Um and the way he did like his post stage interviews as well, it wasn't like any other driver. You could probably guarantee what most of them were gonna say, but with Craig it was something funny. And it was something a bit unexpected, and he always seemed to enjoy himself no matter what had happened. And yeah, when you see his last interview in Sweden after the rally finished, it was all about him, like only knowing his true potential and not what anyone else knows. And yeah, it was quite. Um. It was the perfect way to be. That's your final stage interview, really. So, yeah. 
Um, I just thought I'd quickly like just to say just that I'd like to pass my condolences on to family and the friends and the the high end I team as well because although I'm not a big rally fan myself, I'm I'm planning on trying to get into it. So seeing obviously the news is quite upsetting and just passing on my condolences and hopefully this the crash although obviously unfortunately he has passed away it does the FIA and the team they investigate and the, the safety just improves further so that something like this doesn't happen again as well yeah um right do you want to try and get on to a bit more F1 stuff and um just have a bit of crack about F1 really try and cheer ourselves up so um yeah, sorry for anyone out there so um Stefano Domenicali, he's came out and said that F1 fan, uh, new F1 fans aren't going to be bored of Red Bull's domination. Just, what the hell? Like, I mean, yeah. Mercedes domination, 2014 to 2020. So, as a Red Bull fan, I'm not going to get bored of it anytime soon, I'll be honest. <laughs> the The thing is, um, Bernie Eccleston, right? He tried to introduce uh, rain sprinklers uh, to, uh, you know, close the pack up a bit or uh, something. So uh, I don't know if uh, if Stefano keeps going like this and if he keeps aging like this, maybe he can. Uh... No, I, it's 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 so it's so strange to think that he also with the calendar uh, shenanigans and it's it's a lot to be honest. You're not yeah. the biggest Stefano fan, are you, Aiton? No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a bit weird with him because some things you'll come out and say, you're like, oh, yeah, I really agree with him. And then there's other things where it's just like, go where? Like, shh. <laughs> like, you all thought, like, you know, you don't own F1, but you're like the CEO of F1 or whatever. Like, go and do your job don't comment on things like i think the fan joy because what you th- see is a business perspective and what we feel as fans is completely different like sprint races yeah have a couple i don't mind extra racing if you love motorsport that's all you want you just want racing where don't be like oh yeah the fans want a lot of this he is more like there's such a thing as oversaturation and yeah it kind of like even as a Merc fan during the hybrid era, I still am a Merc fan. Um, like, yeah, the wins got boring, but at least the racing was exciting, and that's what really mattered. As long as the racing's exciting, and if Red Bull keep winning, eh, fair enough, well done, they've made a good car. But as long as the racing's exciting, that's all I'm bothered about. I don't know about you two. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, the racing, it's exciting. I mean, so far, we've had to watch both of the Red Bulls in the last two races charge through the pack. You had Max uh, in Saudi and then Perez in Australia. So maybe reliability isn't going to be on their side and we might have to watch these charge through the pack and that might make the racing interesting. Because I know, for me, when you're watching someone like Max Verstappen drive through the pack, yes, it's like he's getting cars every lap, but at the end of the day, it's 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 cool to watch. I mean, like the fact that he's able to just the the Red Bull being a rocket ship, the fact that he's able to just fly past these cars, 
the fact that he's able to do it in such a short amount of time as well for me is like one of the key points. And I think that just shows as well how good of a driver that he is really he really is. And he's only just gonna get better. So uh, hopefully we'll have a good season with the Red Bulls and maybe Perez might challenge him, but who knows? Um yeah, the only thing that bothers me about the Red Bull coming through the pack challenge like is when you look back at Spa last year, like that was ridiculous. That was like, what was it, fifteenth to first challenge in six laps without a safety cut? Like that is without the safety cut. Like that is no. <laughs> that just shows how quick Red Bull have made their car. But yeah, it needs to. We need something to spice it up, and if it's reliability penalties and engine penalties and whatever else welcome it because it might be the only race we get to see this season because Merck look in the middle of nowhere Ferrari look like Ferrari they don't know what they're doing uh, I don't know what else to like yeah the midfield's close but everyone's kind of like in the middle of no man's land where they don't really know where they are and once upgrades start coming in things hopefully things change yeah. yeah. Anything else with the uh, the upgrades yeah. coming in? I think mostly for Baku. Uh, it's only yeah, it's quite a short amount till then. But like the with the Gust Cap as well, it's it's it is interesting because McLaren say they've got a big upgrade. Fairly like to be honest, I don't think it's going to be like. They're not going to challenge the top, obviously, because Red Bull is just... They don't even have to uh, spend any money on even more upgrades because they've got the gap. And even Mercedes have said that they might be still sandbagging. So it, it's... What they've done to that rocket ship, I don't know. But uh, someone needs to put Ali Null in it. <laughs> Anyone who's a cast fan will... Uh, Get that. <laughs> uh, just a, a quick word on Lando as well. I noticed that um, you uh, you posted something saying that uh, Lando said that his teammate Oscar is already starting to challenge him just after three races. And I think for me, that's just showing how good of a driver Oscar really is. And I genuinely think that Oscar's going to, come to this McLaren team and although we are three races in I think he's going to become that that lead driver in that team and I I see Lando I, I see it I don't know why but I see him being pushed out of that team and I think Oscar really is going to be a force to be reckoned with in the next coming years especially if he gets into let's say the Red Bull so I noticed you posted that Ross uh, yeah, so that was basically Lando saying that um, Oscar's been keeping him on his toes and that the two seem to be pushing. Like, hopefully they work together competitively a bit like Carlos and Lando did. Like, yeah, there's competition there, but they turn out to be friends as well. But, like, with the way McLaren is at the minute, it looks the slowest car on the grid. It could barely overtake a Williams in Saudi. Hopefully the upgrades do work for them. But honestly, I'm going to put a prediction out here. And I'm going to say that Zach Brown is going to be gone 
either by the end of the season or before next season because he was brought in to bring McLaren back to the top and that just not that has not happened at all like they go on about McLaren's history yeah they've won championships but their last champion was 2008 and that was with Lewis and the way Felipe Massa's going on the last champion could technically be Mika Hakkinen which was 1999 yeah so that's like 24 years without a championship if Felipe does do his court thing, which we'll get onto in a bit. But yeah, McLaren need to just book their ideas up and get on with what they need to do because they aren't winning championships anytime soon. And with Landor signing that, fat, was it a five-year deal or something like that? Like that's Five years, yeah. No chance. <laughs> Unless something dramatic, like drastically happens, there's no way. That that team and car is winning a championship anytime soon. If we move on to the uh, entry fee, uh, since I, we'll get back onto the entry, actually they're both linked together. To be fair, because Dominicali said things, and I've just mentioned Felipe Massa, but yeah, we'll go into the entry thing. So Dominicali is also hinted at. Um, basically rising the cost in entry fees for teams so at the minute it's 200 million dollars which is ridiculous in itself that's more than what the cost cap is <laughs> which what that doesn't make sense so yeah um i have a feeling this might be to do with a new team coming in because apparently there's a hong kong billionaire that's looking to bring a team into f1 now as well so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, but I don't know how you two feel, but $200 million for an entry fee and $145 million for a cost cap is a bit stupid, to be fair. Yeah, I, I would agree. Not only that it's such a massive amount of money, uh, also for like an entry kind of uh, team, but the fact that a billionaire could add up and or a billionaire could end up uh having a racing team in formula 1 uh and has the like the advantage of getting in just because of the money and not because of like history and everything like for example Andretti cuz they want to get in and so does Porsche but Porsche I don't think it's going to work out um it's 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 very difficult to predict that and uh, it just makes it feel like there's like a hierarchy of like or billionaires, and it's it's more about the money. It's it's always been about the money. Let's let's keep it at that. But the thing is, people want to see racing and to 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 see, for example, new teams like Mana, Marussia. They were like they were cool because Marussia was uh, they made cars and. I don't really know where mana came from. I forgot, but <laughs> it's it's. I'd rather see them getting into F one and making that leap every time than seeing like a Hong Kong based team that like absolutely out of nowhere. Uh, just it would be cool, obviously, because it's a new team and 
who doesn't want to see 22 cars on a, on a grid? But I'd rather see like Andretti or something uh, enter. I think I agree with you there as well, Aiton. I think Andretti is, they have history. Obviously, we know that. And I think they, if any team should be allowed to enter F1, Andretti should be one of the ones who get that that choice. With the, the rise in the cost of the entry fee and not actually, well, most of the teams not really allowing any teams to really join, I feel that's a bit unfair. And I think the fans, I I, sp- I think I speak for most fans, we want to see more cars on the grid. I want to see more drivers. A 24-car grid, like back in the day, like run it back. It was 24 cars on the grid. Was It was awesome. You have Patreon, HRT, Marusha, like, these were like teams that had to leave F1 because of the rising cost. And it's like, it is a shame. So I think Andretti, it would be nice to see them on the F1 grid. Hong Kong billionaire, maybe. But again, I'm not 100% sure if that's ever really going to happen. But I would definitely like to see Andretti on the grid. And I'd love to see 24 cars racing. Just means more drivers and it gives you know, F2 drivers, a better chance to get into Formula 1 rather than going off to other sports like IndyCar and WEC and so much wasted talent just basically gets stopped in F2 and it is a shame. So hopefully in a few years we might see some more cars on the grid and some new drivers and yeah. Yeah, um, back to like the Hong Kong billionaire thing. It kind of sounds like an F1 game mind team kind of thing. Just like, oh yeah. I have many. He's a team. Like, it very much sounds like a my team situation, and mm-hmm. you've just got a laugh at it, really. Like, find yeah. Jensen Bottom for season one. I'd on. <laughs> yeah, let's just like resurrect Ayrton Senna or some old racing drum. Just like here, have a car. <laughs> will Will Hacken and finally be back from his sabbatical year. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing, actually. Mika Hakkinen is still on his sabbatical, so who knows? Um, he's not officially retired. Return at this point. There's just going to be like ghosts of racing drivers just like appearing out of the ground, just like, "Hi, I'm back to race." You thought I was gone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's going to be absolutely ridiculous, and. To be honest, I'm the same with you too. I'd rather see a team with racing history and racing heritage come into the spot rather than some randomer from outside who knows bottle about F1 and is only there because he has money. A bit, well, it's it's the Lauren Stroll effect, but it's not the Lauren Stroll effect. It's a bit weird. Like, his son's a racing driver. He's paying for his son's team. Like... Yeah, Carton's expensive, but who goes to limits where I'm going to buy an F1 team for my son? <laughs> it's a bit mad. I think as well there, when you just, just how you mentioned like the, the past F1 drivers and like, a team coming in with history, someone who is definitely still stuck in the past uh, is uh, Felipe Massa, and he's also trying to rewrite history. So, <laughs> should we talk about that? That, that? that was a cheeky segue there. Um <laughs> Yeah, um, so Felipe Massa, he announced a few weeks ago, it was actually on my birthday, actually, on, I think that was two weeks ago on Tuesday, um, 
basically he announced that he's looking at legal action because he believes that the Singapore Grand Prix from 2008 doesn't count in the championship because something ha- I can't remember exactly what happened. Alonso kept his win even though they what like they nulled the race results or something like that. So he well, believes legally or technically that he is the 2008 champion because no one won that race and no results were counted because of the crash gate. So yeah, Felipe baby, what you do? <laughs> I think with that, I mean, like, okay, in a way, yes, I fully understand where he's coming from. He, 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 rightly, he was champion for about 10 seconds until Hamilton crossed the line. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's motorsport. Yes, it was a very controversial race, Crashgate and Alonso winning. But I mean, I think. The fact that obviously it's come out recently that Bernie Eccleston knew, and they then they didn't say anything because they were they were they didn't they wanted to protect the sport. I think uh, that's what they've said. So, uh, yeah, it was it was. Yeah. I think it was Bernie and Max Mosley who knew yeah. about it, and they never said anything just to protect F one's integrity. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a bit controversial. I personally don't see much coming out of it, and I don't think they're going to rewrite anything. I think Hamilton's 2008 title will stay. And fair play to him, because it was well-deserved, I think. He had a good season that year. I remember watching it. And that famous quote, is that Glock? I mean, what a quote. Yeah, it's a very iconic moment in F1 history. And I feel like if Felipe wins this, there's going to be a ton of different people arguing that, oh, this driver should have won that title because this happened at a certain point of the year and that shouldn't count. It's, if anything, it'll probably be, it could potentially be Merck's argument, especially after Australian things as well. Like what happened in Abu Dhabi. Like, we're two years, like, a year and a half in, like after Abu Dhabi 2021, and we're still talking about what has happened and what Merck or whoever can potentially argue against that and get Lewis another championship. Like, yeah, that just proves like how much of an iconic moment and iconic race that Abu Dhabi and then Brazil is as well. But I don't... Felipe, yeah, he was a very good driver. Probably should have won a title, but after his hungry crash, nothing really happened. And at this point, I think he's just trying to like clutch a bit of straws and trying to be like, oh, this is actually mine. Where, yeah, it's a bit weird. And if he wins, it's going to open a can of worms and a lot of fans are going to be annoyed and they're going to call for other legal action to be taken against different events and things. And yeah. Should we um, move on to ESR or any more news to cover? Um, I'm just trying to think because there's been little like stories and things. Apparently Hungary, uh, not Hungary, apparently Hockenheim, sorry, is making a bid for another F1 race. Um, the only thing that they're worried about is the contract and things bankrupting the track because... 
um f1's ex- like to host an f1 race and everything is expensive dtm racer and a ton of other different series racer and it is an amazing track i absolutely love hockenheim and i think you two do as well yeah. if i'm not mistaken yet yeah it's a great racetrack so also, yeah be... sorry so yeah it'd just be great to see that back and um if it's not hockenheim that comes back apparently um kyle army's making a bid to host a race as well also sepang and malaysia they've they want to but because of the cost they don't think they can afford it and honestly i miss that track so much i mean what a track it was just amazing so i hope they can make a return and hopefully f1 maybe look at what they're doing and saying Let's let's lower the cost so we can have these amazing circuits back. Um, yeah. I really hope like I think a lot of fans want iconic tracks back, but the only thing is, um Stefano Stefano Domenicali is literally the key word of this podcast. Basically what he said was um history isn't enough to keep a track on a calendar or worthy of a place on a calendar. So I think he was by the sounds of it, he was sitting at Spa and Mon um not Monza Monaco. So yeah. Um it's gonna be very weird if all F1 is gonna do is just create street tracks and buy land off city so that they can have random races appear in different places. Like I'd rather have permanent tracks where there's history, there's a bit of overtaken instead of just street tracks where it creates safety cars and things i'm not entirely taking a dig at baku but it is what it is yeah i would agree because i i again i'm going to say bad stuff about stefano but um <laughs> uh it's like he's been not on a roll but he has said things that fans don't particularly agree with. Um, yes, there's a new wave of like uh, fans coming through due to Drive to Survive and everything. They do want to see action, but he, I feel he's 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 he lacks the 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 like emotion of the integrity of Formula One, which is just it's. It, it it is just racing and it sometimes it has to be kept simple and sometimes the history is important because they came from somewhere and they're going to end up somewhere and it, that's it's yeah that basically yeah um so yeah that pretty much wraps up everything that we want to talk about news wise um do you two want to have a bit of crack about ESR? So basically, we come and and we all became friends from the Ace Racing League, and we race every Saturday for what six years now since F1 2017 released, which is crazy. And we've just become like really good friends, and um, yeah, like we've always talked about and joked about doing a podcast, and this is what it's kind of came to, and. Um. Yeah. So, if you two want to have a bit of crack about ESR, and if there's any things in the pipeline that you want to talk about or whatever, now is your time to plug that. Go on, Cameron. 
Uh, right. Um, well, ESR, we've been racing for, what, nearly six years, I think seven years almost now. It's how I met Ross and Aiton, who I would consider probably my best friends at this point. So, I mean, it's it's got history. Um, we literally just did the Hungarian GP and the Silverstone GP this week, uh, where we had a surprise winner, a new winner, first time. So that was quite cool. Um, but yeah, I think ESR, it's become just a group of lads who get together every Saturday at half seven and just have some fun on uh, a racing game, but take it very seriously at the same time. Um, Aiton is the basically the account runner. He posts all the graphics pretty much. So everything you see on that account is made by him. And honestly, I think what he does is absolutely amazing. I mean, the graphics have only just got better and better from basically the start. So, and I think they're only just going to keep getting better and better. And we do have quite a lot planned for the, the future. And we are currently looking for some new uh, reserve racers and also some commentators. So, I mean, if you're interested in commentating, we just want to start out, or you're also interested in racing, then uh, pop us a message. But I'll let Aiton uh, take over now because I know he's got a few things that he wants to talk about. Um, yeah, I mean, it, uh, yeah, honestly, I love ESR and everything and the whole community is just, it's just really great. It just feels great. And it, it doesn't feel like it's, uh, it's so, it, it doesn't feel forced like other, other leagues that I've entered before. Um, yeah, as as Cameron said, it's just a nice group of people who just, you know, get on get on the game and then uh, just just do some races. But we do take it seriously, and we do have like just proper rules that you you do need to adhere to. Like a certain, you're expected to not crash into people. <laughs> um, so yeah. But we do have some things in the running for like the couple next seasons. We're working far ahead because that's uh, that's what we like to do. Uh, we have, for example, the end of season awards at the end of the season, which we've talked about yesterday, uh, whilst ESR. So um, that's going to be interesting. Then for the next season, we've got this is a sneak peek to anyone. Uh, who's listening and then um hopefully you'll race next season but um or commentate sorry but uh we will have a mini championship whether it's going to be f2 cars or realistic cars uh will be decided uh soon but we'll have six rounds of racing uh six tracks chosen by our drivers so um like the top rated tracks that everyone has uh will be put in that calendar and uh we'll have quite some 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 different takes uh in everywhere as well so uh yeah uh yeah i just wanna just say like um all we ever really do for ESI is like, yeah, we have fun, but we take it seriously, as yeah. these two both said. We all really enjoy it. We've a lot of us became really good friends and probably close friends as well through this. Um 
there is some people as well who we've literally just been wrestling with for like a few months and they're already like in the inner circle of uh Great. like ESR and yeah, exactly Greek Greek Chris. The absolute god that he Thank is you. on F one and everything else that he's amazing at, but that'll boost his ego even more now. <laughs> so yeah. Um hi Chris. So yeah, um yeah, I'm gonna have to wrap this up as well because we've only got a minute left. So basically, um yeah. Check out ASR. It's is it ASR underscore league on Instagram? And then yeah. these two have just started TikTok up as well. So make sure to check that out. Um yeah, that's mm-hmm. about it. So thanks Aiden, for joining us and we look forward to having you in the other one, like in the future as well. We shall hopefully be back for a Baku and maybe before that talk about some news as well. Uh, you can check out GP Dynamics on Instagram on all podcast service, uh, streaming services and anywhere else. And yeah, thanks for listening and we will see you on the next podcast. Cheerio. Bye.